Support for this podcast comes from San Francisco International Airport. At SFO, you can discover award-winning flavors and unique shops all before takeoff. Learn more about what's at SFO at flysfo.com. Hey there, this is Brittany Luce from NPR's It's Been a Minute. KQED's podcasts like The Bay, Bay Curious, Mind Shift, Right Nowish, and more all tell the stories of the Bay and beyond with reliable, human-centered journalism. They aim to inspire, make you think, entertain, and expand your understanding of the place you call home. Here's how you can support podcasting at KQED. Showing your support is easy, and you can join Brittany in supporting KQED Podcast too at donate.kqed.org slash podcast. That's donate.kqed.org slash podcast. From KQED. KQED Public Radio in San Francisco. I'm Michael Krasny. Don't shoot! Don't shoot! More than 10,000 demonstrators marched across the Golden Gate Bridge on Saturday, closing the span to traffic. That was just one of the many local protests against police violence held across the Bay Area over the weekend. We'll hear about those actions and what's expected for the coming week. We'll also check in with a San Jose man who trains police on how to avoid bias and who was seriously injured by a rubber bullet at a protest last week. Then conservative columnist George Will. He's long been critical of President Trump, but now he's also calling for voters to kick Trump's Republican enablers out of Congress. And we'll find out why. Join us after this news. Welcome to Forum. I'm Michael Krasny. Demonstrators marched across the Golden Gate Bridge on Saturday, filling the whole length of the span and closing it to cars. And that was just one of the many actions across the Bay Area over the weekend, from Petaluma to Pescadero, held to protest police violence. KQED's Queena Kim joins us now to talk about the weekend's demonstrations and other Bay Area news. And welcome, Queena. Hi, Michael. Good morning to you. Glad to have you with us, and I want to do kind of an accounting with you over the weekend and talk about these two tragic deaths that also occurred. But for the most part, we saw a protest that was nonviolent, 16,000, well, 10,000 across the Golden Gate Bridge, and many more throughout the Bay Area and small areas that I want to talk about as well. But uh, we didn't see at least the violence, uh, except for these two deaths that I mentioned. Yes, in terms of what in terms of the protesters, it was a largely peaceful march. In fact, I don't even remember seeing many uh, news accounts about any acts of violence or vandalism, which isn't to say it hasn't happened, but they didn't really make the news, so they weren't very notable. Um, so yes, it was largely peaceful. And on it was a weekend of protests. On Saturday, we counted at least 40 protests going around in the Bay Area. That's an informal count. It was just looking through websites and Facebook. There could have been many more. You mentioned that big protest at Golden Gate Bridge on uh, Saturday. And then in Berkeley, we had, um, I don't know, I counted like half a dozen protests, everything from uh, family-friendly friendly ones that started out at uh, one of the local elementary schools here to one in a local park. And then there was a big gathering over in downtown uh, Berkeley. And again, that sort of ended it, uh, well, that ended very peacefully in a big dance party. Um, but I think what was sort of interesting about this protest or this weekend was how far the protests went. On Friday night, 
the biggest protest in the Bay Area was in Sunnyvale, which was um, unexpected even to the people who had gone there. We sent a uh, reporter, Shannon Lynn, there, and she spoke to an African-American man who is uh, works in the tech industry and also lives in Sunnyvale. Uh, that city is mostly white and Asian um, and not known to be super politically active. He came out thinking he'd see a couple hundred people. There were thousands. In fact, it was so surprising that it started trending on Twitter um, like it was you know in the like number 16 on Twitter or something um, and there was many many uh, comments there that they were they did not expect to see this happening there we saw the same thing in Palo Alto Cupertino had a uh, protest so what's sort of interesting to me is how wide this is spread into areas that aren't normally known for protests like San Francisco Berkeley and Oakland are a couple of thousand in Palo Alto, in fact, that you mentioned, and between one and two thousand in Santa Rosa, um, and also some actions that resulted in Davis and Sacramento, no more car toy holds. Uh, and that was prompted by, to some extent, uh, Governor Newsom, but also by the protests themselves, wasn't it? Correct. Yeah, Governor Newsom put... Um I believe it's an executive order uh, saying law enforcement officials uh, shouldn't be using that anymore, uh, and different Bay Area cities have followed suit, or as you mentioned. So, you know, we've been seeing a lot of action. I think we've been hearing all day that in Congress they're trying to create a uh, uh, bill for police reform, and um, various municipalities and uh, politicians are looking for ways to show that they are listening to the protests out there and that they're actually trying to take action. Yeah, Minneapolis, in fact, is talking about really just completely revising and revamping and redoing the police force. Uh, I'm talking with Quina Kim, who is senior editor for KQED Weekends. And if you were in a protest over the weekend, you can give us a call now and let us know what you experienced. We do, do certainly want to hear from you. And the number to call is 866-733-6786. That number again for your calls, 866-733-6786. You can also, of course, get in touch with us and let us know your thoughts uh, on Twitter and Facebook. We're at KQED Forum or email any questions you might have or email us and let us know about what you were involved in in the way of protest. Forum at KQED.org. I was also going to ask you, Mina, uh, Queen, excuse me, about the couple of uh, rather dreadful things that happened over the weekend. Uh, I mean, I'm still sort of trying to sort these things out. In Vallejo, there was a police shooting and a death of a young man uh, named Sean Monterosa. Um, and there are a couple of different narratives on this. His family has been speaking out, and essentially they're saying he was a good kid who was shot by the police, had a, no reason to shoot him, uh, although the police say there was reason. He was under suspicion and had a record. We're getting completely different narratives. Yeah, I don't know if they're so completely different um, in that uh, I think what the family is trying to say is, um, and I think we've seen this, is that he was on his knees with his hands up. Um, he didn't seem to be posing a threat. And, you know, and I think that we've been hearing this over and over again. Um, w w like, was a killing justified? Let's say even the police were correct that um, this was happening out. He uh, was, uh, I believe, shot outside a Walgreens store. The police were responding to um, allegations of looting. Um, they He fell into their sight. He was on his knees. He had his hands up. And yet the police officer, uh, I guess, felt so threatened that he shot from within his car uh, through the windshield and ended up killing him. 
I think what we're hearing more and more again is um, and excuse me, Queen. If this was on Tuesday. Course. We should mention uh, not over the Correct. weekend, but yes, he it was wasn't over. I believe it was yeah. Monday night, actually. Monday night, and there were um, five shots fired by the police, right? Correct. Yes, I believe that's correct. Um, but I think it's sort of, I, what, you know, was it worth a killing? What, was he really a threat? And whether he was doing something wrong or not, that's still to be determined. We don't know. We hear, we have the police side of this story, but it's still being under investigation. Um, was it worth a killing? I mean, I think that's really what we're hearing that here um, again and again. And, of course, this was uh, sparked off by uh, by the Floyd killing in Minneapolis, which was allegedly over a counterfeit $20 bill that, that a life was taken. And also, uh, when I talk about a couple of different narratives, uh, he had a hammer in his back pocket, which the police claimed they thought was a gun, right? Correct. That is correct. Yeah. So I just wanted to get the facts out there. There was uh, certainly a killing in Ben Lohman, though, and it was a killing of a young police sergeant uh, who was ambushed. Now, let's talk about the facts there for a moment, because at this point we do certainly understand what occurred. Um, somebody in a van who supposedly had explosives, a uh, number of reports, as well as weapons, uh, the police turned up and a couple of police were wounded, and this one police officer who was uh, deemed a, a hero and certainly uh, la given remarkably laudatory remarks uh, from all angles of the police, uh, shot to dead, uh, shot to death, excuse me, with one child and one on the way. It's a dreadful tragedy by any lights, but what's particularly, I think, important here to focus on is, uh, and that what I want to get to with you is, the notion of the killing of a security officer in Oakland being tied to the same man who's been arrested for this killing. Yeah, there are reports that the FBI is uh, looking to see whether this uh, murder uh, was connected to the one that happened, I believe it was last weekend, it was last Friday night or something, at the federal building in Oakland. Two uh, officers there, there were security guards, um, were shot, a white van pulled up, and um, I guess allegedly from videotape, they, uh, they just went in and killed these two men. I believe both of them were African-American as well. There have been no real leads on that. We know that the FBI is involved. Um, but there hasn't been very wor much word about that. So this is sort of the first um, little bit of news we're getting that there are reports that these two incidents might be connected. And the arrest, uh, let's talk about the person who is under arrest now and in police custody. Uh, he was Travis Air Force Base, is that right? Correct. His name is uh, the, uh, Stephen Creo. He's the alleged gunman. Um, he was the one who uh, basically ambushed the Santa Cruz uh, police sheriffs. Um, I guess he's been a sergeant at Travis Air Force Base here in the Bay Area since 2018. Um, again, we think that uh, there might be a connection between this killing and the one at the federal building in Oakland. Um, there, uh, there's not been a lot more um, released about him. I believe he was married to a fellow um, Air Force um, officer or a fellow military officer. Um, she was found dead about a year or two ago um, in the East Coast. That was ruled a suicide, but I believe it's being sort of mentioned again, uh, if you read, because there might be a feeling that the two might be connected. That's unclear, but he's clearly had a very troubled or uh, troubled history, um, and that was one of them, his wife's suicide. So that's about what we know so far. We hope to learn more about this. We're talking about the weekend's protests with Queen of Kim and events that have occurred uh, over uh, 
the last week or so in the Bay Area. Queen of Kim is senior editor for KQED Weekends. Uh, I want to get uh, Derek Sanderlin on with us. He's a community organizer. He's with PACT, People Acting in Community Together. He works to improve relationships between the community and the San Jose Police Department. And uh, Derek Sanderlin, good to have you with us on Forum. Welcome to the program. Thank you so much, and it's a pleasure to be here. Well, it's a pleasure to have you here, but it's certainly not a pleasure to talk about what you went through. Uh, you've been working with police on anti-bias, and you have certainly been praised by people in San Jose, like Police Chief uh, Eddie Garcia, for your work. You were out there in the protests, and tell us what happened. Um, well, uh, I can tell you that uh, it, this has been one of the uh, most you know, tragic seasons I think that uh, this country has seen as far as uh, uh, police brutality, um, but uh, as I uh, as I sort of made my way downtown um, to express my grief around uh, the death of uh, of George uh, George Floyd, Breonna Taylor, uh, you know Desto Reyes, um, and many others, Aubrey, uh, you know Ahmaud Aubrey. Uh, I uh, I was surprised um, and uh, just extremely proud of my city uh, for showing up. Um, and uh, you know, as the peaceful protests were going on, um, we uh, we encountered uh, a lot of uh, yeah confrontation with with uh police officers um and uh in the midst of trying to uh you know just de-escalate any tension um that might give rise to violent situation uh you know i i was talking to a lot of folks on the front line um and uh started witnessing folks um, being shot with rubber bullets. Uh, some of them older, old women, um, some of them uh, children. And, uh, you know, particularly in my, uh, in one instance by City Hall, I saw a, uh, a young woman, uh, probably in her teens, uh, being shot directly in the chest. Um, and uh, that just really tore me apart. It broke my heart. Um, and I, I couldn't, I couldn't stand and watch it anymore. Um, so as, as, uh, as those police officers started to uh, uh, sort of aim in other places, uh, and uh, we're just sort of looking around in the crowd. I, I just kind of made my way over with my hands up. Um, and, uh, you know, just ask them to please stop. Please stop doing this. And uh, they told me to move. And I said, I can't do that. Uh, please don't do this. Um, and, you know, it appeared that, uh, you know, that they were sort of 
ready to back off and uh, you know a police officer behind them uh, pointed his riot gun at me and and said uh, you know move and at this point um, I hadn't had a riot gun pointed at me uh, and so uh, I you know I was I was really scared um, and I I put a uh, I put my my poster over my chest um, and just kind of shook my head no. Uh, he said he said uh, you're not gonna move and I just kind of stood there shaking my head and he fired his riot gun um, and what I didn't realize is that he was pointing at my my groin um, and uh, you know I I didn't uh, you know in those in that split second wasn't sure if it you know I, I had to double check like is this is this gonna really be painful can I can I keep standing and trying to you know quell the tension um, but I couldn't, I, I just fell over uh, to my face. That was the most painful thing that's ever happened to me. Um, and, Eric, I'm so uh, sorry that you went through this. Uh, I mean, yeah. it, it, it's terrible. And I think what's particularly terrible about it is that uh, you got some treatment and you found out that you had a ruptured testicle as a result of the police officer aiming at your groin or so it appeared. And now, I mean, you don't know at this point, you're in a relationship, you want to have children, you don't know if you can. That's correct. That's correct. Um, yeah, uh, you know, I don't, I don't think, uh, I don't think anybody, including myself expected, um, expected uh, life, you know, to change that significantly um, over one, one evening. Um, but, uh, you know, I, I've spent a lot of, I spent a few years out here in San Jose, uh, uh, not only, not only teaching, uh, you know, new police officers and, and, uh, and, you know, older police officers about, uh, bias training, but have, uh, been in relationship with families out here who have lost loved ones at the hands of the San Jose Police Department. You have been uh, universally praised by many in the police department. I mentioned Chief Garcia, for example, saying that uh, spoke so highly of you and said he was broken up by what happened to you and will investigate. And I hope this will be investigated and I hope you will get justice as well. Uh, I wanted to ask you about, especially because of your community organizing work, I wanted to ask you about some ways that maybe we might avoid the kind of terrible situation that you had to endure. And by the way, a lot of these rubber bullets are not only rubber, they're wooden as well. I think it needs to be pointed out. I wanted to ask you about what you would like to see in the way of change. I'm just going to read a few comments that are coming in first, though, from listeners. We've been talking about the protests uh, over the weekend, and one listener, Eddie, writes, I'm happy about the momentum that we have with this movement. Other times, momentum dies out. I'm hopeful for change. Mm -hmm. And Ben writes, I attended the Berkeley protests and was impressed by the police. They helped direct traffic away from the marchers, but had little to 
to no presence for the larger gathering at MLK Park. This was refreshing since my overall opinion of law enforcement is now at a low point. So there certainly have been good actions like that. Unfortunately, you were uh, really the target from the sounds of it of a very bad action by a police officer and uh, it has to be investigated and we have to find out uh, what actually, what their point of view was on this. But for the most part, let's hear what suggestions you have or recommendations you have for well, dealing with crowds and for really making for a more uh, better harmonious kind of relationships between the police and those who protest. Uh, yeah, man. Um, you know, uh, I was not the only person out there um, who was uh, unlawfully shot with those rubber bullets uh, in the protests. And, um, and this city has had, uh, you know, a tumult, you know, these, this police department in particular has had a tumultuous relationship with its communities of color, um, black and brown folk, um, for quite some time. Uh, and, uh, and so I think in this moment, it's, it's really important for us to listen, uh, to those folks who have been uh, screaming about about uh, police accountability uh, for a really long time, um, and so I've I've been deferring to my uh, wisdom teachers, um, folks from the beloved community team, and and also uh, from Silicon Valley Debug, uh, and I believe them that uh, we we need we we need to seriously consider uh, divesting our funding, our city funding in the police department. And we need to be able to redirect and create a new system of public safety. Uh, it's, it, you know, uh, we are in a unprecedented time and folks, folks are, uh, uh, folks are not going to to stop until people are not going to stop protesting in the streets until we until we secure a new way to move forward. Um, and so, I would suggest uh, you know reaching out to Silicon Valley Debug. Um, and understanding what it means to divest our our funds from the police department and reallocate those into the community in ways that uh, in ways that help us create a more just society um, and, a, and a, in a way that uh, creates a community that you know continues to continues to protect each other. Talking with Derek Sanderlin, who is a community organizer with uh, PAC, people acting in community and acting together in, com in community together. Let me get a quick caller on here, Derek. Uh, I'd ask for people in the protest to join us, and Beth is one of them. Beth, please, you're on Hi. the air. Hi. Hi. I just wanted to say that, um, you know, I live in a little town in the foothills. It's mostly white. I'm white. But I'm really aware that going through the COVID-19 thing has given everyone all at the same time the experience of powerlessness and vulnerability. And I think that really lowered the threshold for people's 
empathy and agony over what happened with George Floyd and, and all the other things that have happened. Beth, I thank you for that call. We're coming up on a break here. We're going to go to another segment with George Will, but let me thank you, Derek Sanderlin, and let me wish you the best of luck. I really appreciate it. Thank you so much. Appreciate having you. Derek Sanderlin, again, is community organizer with PACT, People Acting in Community Together, where he works to improve relationships between the community and the San Jose Police Department. George Will, when we return, stay tuned. I'm Michael Krasny. Support for Forum comes from San Francisco Opera. Set 10 years after a school shooting, the critically acclaimed opera Innocence takes us into a complex emotional journey where our understanding of innocence and guilt is constantly upended. Kaya Sariajo's ethereal score collapses the past into the present as a community of survivors grapple with how to move forward. Don't miss the highly anticipated American premiere of Innocence, June 1st through 21st. Learn more at sfopera.com. We've all got those parts of our house where the internet just won't go. Well, if you had wall-to-wall Wi-Fi from Xfinity, you could worry less about dead spots. Because with wall-to-wall Wi-Fi from Xfinity, you get fast speeds, reliable connection in every room, and power for all of your devices, even when everyone's online. That's wall-to-wall Wi-Fi only with Xfinity. Restrictions apply. Not available in all areas. Actual speeds vary. All over the country, we need to improve reading in Wisconsin. Schools are changing the way they teach reading. I'm calling for a renewed focus on literacy. We have gotten this wrong in New York and all across the nation. And it's happening because of a podcast. I think your podcast has changed my life. And I'm going to share this podcast with everyone I meet. Sold a Story investigates how teaching kids to read went wrong. New episodes of Sold a Story are available now.